This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I'm here with my good friend from Dallas, CEO and founder of Zen22, Mark Page. Hi, Pete. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome to Manhattan. Thank you, Texas uh, and Manhattan. It's uh, it, it may be hotter here than it is at home right now, yeah. too, by the when way. When people so. complain about things like, ah, oh, my cell phone, you know, battery's low. Like, you didn't have air conditioning like a year, 100 years ago, right? <laughs> I don't understand all these people upset about things. Anyway, talking about hot, let's talk about Zin 2.2, and let's talk about what's going on in the Dallas market. And why don't we start off by talking about how you got interested in changing your profession from finance to fitness yeah it's it's pretty it's crazy i don't know i'm still trying to figure it out yeah thank you man thank you coming out you know thank you this is my second company to start i'm also the founding principal of a an investment firm that was a hybrid type family office in fort worth texas called tailwind advisors and um um what that led me to was just you know invest in a big pool of capital. I mean, we started with one family, we grew it to six families. And I think by the time I left, we were almost a billion dollars in uh, investment capital. And so, but I saw a lot of deals. That's the short version. I saw a lot of deals, a lot of businesses, a lot of different business models. And I've always been a, let's just call it a gym rat, a fitness guy. Mm-hmm. And um, I've just always been really active. And so I watched what was happening in this space, and I, my my thesis started to be, well, the gym's dead. There are these other things that are popping up, and really boutique fitness, which I didn't even know the word for then, hadn't even gotten to Dallas Fort Worth really, and not in a big way at least. It is there now, but uh, at the time, and so I really started scratching on it, and did. But it took me about three or four months of due diligence, and I thought I would seed it, seed the business, and then I ended up, uh, I, I ended up, uh, well, basically quitting my job and sold 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 my equity in the business and started started this and have run this for three plus years now. So, yeah, so what, what, tell us the uh, uh, definition behind the name. Oh man, well, uh, there's, so so we did a lot of market studies, a lot of uh, focus, group, focus group on on names. And so there are, we lo- everybody loved, either loved or hated the word Zen in Texas. Mm-hmm. So it was either really good or really bad and everything else that we ma- uh, modeled out was kind of in the middle. We put a why in the middle of it because we, uh, we, we highlight what is your why. Find your why. We talk about that a lot in Zen, so we we thought that was a differentiator, and then we put a number at the end of it um, to, uh, to to really to to make it unique, where we could tra- trademark and brand it because Zen was so so uh, common that we wouldn't run into it in the future, and so we chose the number. 22 it's uh it's the number in numerology for a perfect circle which was a wheel which was what we came out around was this spin concept and then we really we really marketed on that as well which was uh, you probably heard the the line it, it it uh it takes 21 days to form a habit sure and so we 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 played up on that hard we said what watch what happens on day 22 and so it was unique we always hoped and I always hoped that we would be known in the marketplace as zen and we are. We've been successful at that. And so people use it as a noun and a verb, which I think is pretty cool. So, so as you started as, a, uh, as an entrepreneur in this business, did a lot of the decisions you made, were they based on 
frustrations or, or things that you saw that could be done better? Or was it based on things that you looked at what other operators were doing and said, hey, I'm going to bring this to Dallas? Was it a combination? Yeah, no, I, I think I knew enough. And, and by the way, my background in the investment business is not as an analyst, it's as the business development guy. So okay. that means I'm a people person, much like yourself. Yeah. And so I've found deals, found clients. And so my when, when I decided to start to this, my initial, uh, my hot button is go find the right people. And so that's what I did. I did see the big models that were in New York and L.A. that had been the spin models in the indoor cycle world that had gone viral. And I studied them closely and realized there was nothing in Texas like it and thought I would make a Texas brand. So that's how I got there. Gotcha. So you started off, you obviously put some of your own capital in. You got some friends and family, kind of the traditional path of building a business. That's right. Um, you know, what you learned through those first couple of years of really, what, what I try and impose on people is the fact that when you're doing a biz, starting a new business, you are doing an experiment. Right. And if you, if you think you're not, then, then you right. got, the people got a problem. So, you know, obviously you, you're a guy who's very transparent and, you know, say, Hey, look, I tried certain things. They didn't work. Tried certain things. They worked. And kind of this, where you are right now, I think is kind of the culmination of a lot of learnings. Absolutely. So maybe you can talk to our audience just saying like, sure. hey, here's what I tried, here's what I didn't. And right. Well, so, you know, originally I had a manager and four assistant managers at the stores. And I had all of this staff and pe- my people, other friends that own businesses would come in and be like, you got way too many people standing around. <laughs> and so, right. I mean, it just, just it, was a, it was a learning lesson. Every single thing in there was a learning lesson. And it wasn't until... Probably two years into it, we I tapped the brakes on the business because we built four studios and took two years. So we were we were we had the uh, we had the foot on the pedal. But it wasn't until uh, you know about two years in, I tapped the brakes and said, "Hey, we got to make sure that we can prove to our investor group that we can run profitable studios." And that's what we did. And so I mean, I mean, we just we peeled the whole thing apart. We didn't have to rebuild it, but most uh, I I did not come in here with really any knowledge now of how to run a fitness business. Now, at the end of the day, it's not rocket science, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it took me two years to get to the point to figure sure. out. So, but I believe we're there. Yeah. And, and in the, in the pending, uh, you know, growth equity raise, I mean, this is really, you know, this is now a polished machine. Absolutely. And yeah. it's going into other uh, markets potentially outside of Texas as well, where you feel like there's opportunity where some of these bigger brands might say, well, that demo is not big enough or that population's not right or right. what have you. I think we've proven that with our first store in Fort Worth, Texas. We've got two in Dallas and one in South Lake, which is a wealthy community uh, by uh, DFW Airport. Mm-hmm. But our best studio is in Fort Worth, Texas. It sits right next to uh, which nobody would ever come no big brand would ever come in. There's still a million people there. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a, a private university, TCU, that's about a mile from us. And um, it has been a, it was our flagship store. It's been a wonderful launch. And I think it's proven that one of these, uh, that, that this model can exist in um, places that aren't um, the, the biggest cities in the U.S. So talk about the team that you put together and, and how they're poised to, to, execute on the growth here right well 
my director of operations is Lindsay Anderson. She uh, comes from, she has a background at, at Gold's Gym, which is interesting to me. She was a manager at Gold's Gym, which was interesting to me because they're private equity backed. I knew, I knew that, you know, that TRT group that owns them. And um, so she was able to bring a lot of the, uh, the reports and metrics that she used there to me here. Um, she also worked at Orange Theory and built uh, open four Orange Theories. And so, uh, for ex for example, you know, we were open in studios. We opened the first two studios. We just opened them. And she told me, she said, Mark, you know, you're doing it all wrong. And I'm like, well, how's that? She said, you're, just, you're building it that they'll come and you should be doing it with a pre-sale. And so the last two stores that we opened, we opened with a pre-sale and we just knocked it out of the park on, you know, to open the first, you know, day one, I think we did 50 to $70,000 in revenue, uh, in pre-sales in, 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 in both markets. So she, she, she's my right hand man about, um, of a, uh, a contract CFO who has private equity background as well. So he's out of TPG, so uh, he's, uh, he's a CPA, and yet he's very deep technically and can help me with modeling, and that's, uh, that's very helpful to me as well. And then we have probably next to, let's say, the management team, we, we, we have uh, one more person on the operations side. Her name is Lacey McKee, and she's grown up, come out of the studio as a manager, and now she assists Lindsay in the operations. But then the next level is a group of what I would call our three elite instructors mm -hmm. and that make up our training team. And to me, the most important thing in the business is the product. And so the fact that what I'm resting on right, resting on uh, and, and most satisfied right now is that we're organically training, training instructors. And you know, a spin instructor is, a, is an odd duck. It is a hard trait to learn and sure. it's hard to teach. So, mm -hmm. we're, so we're doing that organically and I'm, I'm very proud of that team that will be able to continue to train. And you know, we're built out, scoped out, to be able to grow with the team that we have right now and not take on a lot of overhead. And so I think we're poised uh, to, to really see our breakthrough. So, so one of the things that it looks like you've um, been on the front end of is this dual modality concept where instead of having people just come to you for three or four days a week just to spin, you know, you've seen what's going on in the high-intensity training side. Was that something that came out of looking at what Orange Theory is doing? You know, was it seeing some of your members say, hey, look, I'm, I'm at your location for three or four days a week. This is what I do two or three days a week and saying, hey, why don't I become an expert in that? How, how did that evolve? Well, I originally wanted to be really good in one thing. And that was spin. So people were talking to me about this at the start, and I just said, no, 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 no. We're going to be really good at one thing. And we watched this thing just come out of the ground and just light fire. Mm -hmm. Then I watched and found out what the real attrition rate in this business is, right? And it's, it's not good. Let's just call it what it is, right? Sure. So you're always trying to keep your customers, and you're always trying to bring new ones in. And so I watched the evolution of our most avid riders come through. And, you know, and a year, year and a half later, it's a different group. And then there are different faces. And I realized how this is going to go. And so I also realized that they were doing something else. Mm -hmm. um, so we, I set out, took my team with me. We went to New York and L.A. 
I bet we've been almost 10 times either individually or as a group in the last year now. And every time we go, we'll do one and sometimes two workouts a day. We've seen every cool work hit workout in New York and LA, I think. Mm-hmm. And we've taken the, we've taken the best parts of those and we've brought it back to, to, in our own program and uh, it's launched and it's, it's really good. So, so I've been, I've been doing this now 19 years mm-hmm. and there's obviously a lot of smart people that have been trying to fix the attrition, and I had an interesting conversation with the CEO of a billing company, ABC Financial. And he's like, look, you gotta, people got to stop focusing just on the attrition because if I was a restaurant, you know, I got to hope that 500 people buy something today. I don't right. know who those 500 people are going to be, but I just know that on average, I got 500 people coming. And no one asks me when I look at that restaurant business, are those repeat customers or not? So the question is, like, as we go forward here and the choices that people have continue to proliferate, yeah. you know, I, the question might be for investors and for entrepreneurs to say, let's not focus on, you know, the attrition rate. Let's focus on how many people came in. They seem to come in every day. Every day I got 300 people there right. that spin. They might be different. They might decide they want to try CrossFit this month. They might want to try Orange Theory. But on average... There's people that are cycling through Mm -hmm. getting fit and they want to try a lot of things. Like if I was to get locked into like an Italian restaurant, like, so how many times did I go? Is that a relevant question or is that? No, it is. I I think there's, 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 there's two, two prongs to it. One is your product has to stand on its own. Your product has to bring the people back. Correct. Right. The number and the second part of that, uh, uh, down, down that path is I believe you have to be innovative enough to where you're, you're giving them options, um, and just even kind of different amenities and might might even be sidebar revenue streams for you. Mm -hmm. Shake bars, uh, you know, things, things like that, that we can put in. I mean, we're putting, uh, we're, we're putting an infrared, uh, we're putting an infrared scanner inside our studios, two of our studios right now to test it. And I hear it's working great. And a couple on the West coast, Talk about like a 3d scanner, a 3d scanner. Absolutely. Oh, okay. For body. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they can see density. what's happening to yeah, them. Sure, right. Sure. So, so you, 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 that's, that's one leg of the stool then the other leg is that with this what we're doing is you have to be committed to marketing to bring in new people in right so the product and the studio has to stand on its own and i don't i don't think that people look at the number two enough correct that's how i feel we have really done everything we can to put technology on marketing and Mm -hmm. so that so that you know we're always selling to those new faces to bring new people in so you've gotten a lot of awards uh, in Dallas. Obviously, there's some really big players there. Um, so I feel like you, your Zen kind of punches above its weight or maybe has a, a footprint, a psychological footprint that's bigger than the actual footprint. So what have you done to to create that? Or, or is part of that just kind of like once you get the flywheel starting, people are talking about it? And yeah. How is that grown? A lot of it happens on its own, you know. But we use we use social media hard. We use ambassadors hard. I mean, I'm like just yesterday, you know, I'm personally reaching out through Instagram direct messages to you know TV anchors to just really important people saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know, come in. We'd love to have you." 
because the good thing is the product speaks for itself and they get in there and they're like, this is cool. So, uh, one of my mantras, um, to my group has been cast a big shadow. Like they don't, they don't need to know in Dallas. I mean, they don't need to know in New York that you're this little company in Dallas that only has two stores, like act like a national brand and people will, will pay attention. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think we've been somewhat successful in that. We've got a good start, but, uh, but the word's definitely out. It's popular and in Dallas is very competitive. I'm told it's, it's a top four market in fitness and it is crazy competitive. Mm -hmm. So, so as you, as you look to grow, and you go to some of these other markets that are in the middle of the country. Right. Uh, we talked about um, you know moving from Dallas to Tulsa, Oklahoma City, potentially up to Atlanta, up to Kansas City. Uh, those other markets are, are those areas where you see your what your brand stands for is that there's a, a market demand for kind of clean, fun, get results. Oh, yeah. Coming out of Dallas. Absolutely. And we get, you know, an email a week from somebody coming from Oklahoma saying, when are you bringing Zen here? You know, we get them in, we get, we get them from all over the place too. So, uh, I mean, but I do think that there's this great market that's through, I don't know what we call it, the, you know, the, the heartland, the Bible belt. I don't, I don't know what you call it, but the same type of people that it, that is, that Zen is resonating with in Dallas, Fort Worth. And, um, they don't have anything cool in their city. I mean, they might have an orange theory and they might have a cycle bar and that would be the extent that they would see show up. So so when you talk about, you know, some of these church rides that you're doing as an example, talk about how that, that differentiates you and, and what kind of, uh, Testimonials on how people feel about that. Sure. Yeah, we do a ride every in all of our in all of our studios. We do a ride every Sunday, um, and we call it Sanctuary, where we ride to um, inspirational music. Um, it's like our own little uh, worship service, and it's just an ex- it's it's a way for me to personally to um, to express my faith, and um, that's the. I, that's pe- people like that. I think that's the type of market we live in. I'd say it's kind of the Chick Fil A model of the of the uh, the fitness industry, and you know it works. I mean, I've heard that Chick Fil A does twenty percent more business than the the next competitor in, in only six days a week because people love the brand and they love what they stand for. And so, when we, and so we do that, and we've had. I mean, we just had people just, so first of all, the, every, we, in those classes, in all four of the studios, they're free, they're sold out, they're the first ones to fill up, they're wait lists, and then that just also goes viral in its own way um, on, uh, on social media. It's like, hey, we, we like people saying what they stand for, we like a company, you know, putting this out here like this, and so, uh, so we just, it's gotten its own type of momentum and groups behind it. And I think it's it's also helped us form the culture inside Zen. I mean, our mission statement is making a difference in the lives of others, one beat at a time. Beat as in the beat as in the the beat of the uh, the music, and the beat is in a heartbeat. And we're watching it happen inside our stores every single day. And I think that the internally the culture is really resonating about hey, the world's broken, the world's hurting, and they're coming to our studios every day for a release. And that's and then and anyway, I, I just I think it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, and then from an investor standpoint, as you've laid some of the groundwork for the growth, what are you seeing on the side of um, landlords that either know about you or that are courting you to come into new locations? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the, the market's changed completely it is, over the yeah. last couple of years I mean, to, I, to our I, favor. The, the, the hardest part about getting started in the business was, was getting some good leases. And, um, you know, not only was I having a hard time getting leases, I was having to personally guarantee them. And it's just like, uh, that's, that's the last thing I would thought I'd have a hard time was finding a place to go. Right. Right. Sure. But we did, we got some good spots and now that pendulum has swung and it swung back to us where our phones ringing, you know, my tenant rep, my real, my real estate girl that uh, represents us gets inquiries from all types of cool cities over the country that have heard and and we're winning against the big boys mm -hmm. the big boys going in straight up against them and and uh and winning so i'm 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 proud and excited about that and when you think about the mission of uh of zen and over the next three to five years you you lead in the charge here uh and affecting you know hundreds of thousands of people to get mm -hmm. this type of quality experience you know how do you how do you kind of redefine you know, for them to say, look, I just go to Zen. Yeah. You know, like that's, I think that's where the, the boutique concepts are going. Like I right. go to Soul Cycle. Right. I don't belong to any other gym. I ride a Peloton bike every now and again. Um, you know, I play some tennis, but like my affiliation is only with Soul Cycle right now. And I'm, I don't own any equity in this really for like the record. That, What's that? I don't really like that. But, but I don't but. live in Dallas, so you <laughs> give me no product to, to, to log into. So my, the point is that, you know, the, the, the way I feel about my, that, that is my, like, yes, that, that's, that's, I don't belong to crunch anymore. I don't belong mm -hmm. to Equinox. I don't belong to New York sports club. I belong to a studio. So as more and more millennials and, and people that, that this resonates with, like they are going to be your members. Right. And you're basically going to be a hundred percent in control of their, their health. So how right. do you feel about that? I just I feel a, a great responsibility. I think it's I think it's awesome. Yeah. And I tell my team, I said you have. I mean, we just we just met and had a big big team powwow. Just thanks last, for the invite, last by week. the way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, but I told him I said this this is this business is getting a lot of looks right now, but it's still small enough for you to all have your fingerprints on it. And I yeah. said there's no there's no telling what is what, what how big this can be and 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 how uh, much of an impact it can have. So I'm glad your question is not where do you want to take this and what's it going to look like cuz I don't know. Yeah. I have I, I I do not know what 5 years looks like from here, but I th I think it's I think it looks really good and I think it's bigger and better than than in than than I could have originally imagined. Yeah, and that's one of the things that we talk about and it's been a theme through several podcasts of entrepreneurs who we meet with that we end up working with are, are ones who say, "Look, I've got a model. I'm, this is where I could take it and this is what I think the next couple of years looks like." The guys that come in here and show me a financial model and say, hey, I'm going to be a $500 million company. I just need X amount of capital to get right. there. He's like, well, focus on the unit economics. Focus on like what your brand stands for yeah. and that their people drive a brand and drive a strategy. Like a, an Excel model does not drive a deal. No. <laughs> and I think a lot of people who come out of finance think that um, you, know, you can just tinker with some of the levers 
Yeah. Of an Excel spreadsheet, and you got to tinker with like humans, which yeah. is a lot different. I remember hearing at a at one of my family office conferences, a VC guy get up and say, uh, you know. Most entrepreneurs want to tell you how they're going to get from A to Z, but I want to find the people that can tell me how what B, C, D, and E look like. Sure. And that, that yeah. resonated with me. Yeah. It's a lot of hard work. I think people it is. start to appreciate blo- It is blocking and tackling. Yeah. It is. And if, and if from a standpoint, and, and I've been through this several times, you know, run, running a business and being responsible for it, and you've got friends and family as investors, you've got a lot of your own capital in, you know, maybe – talk for a minute about um, like the fortitude and the perseverance that's required and maybe tapping into your faith and tapping into, yeah. you know, uh, a support network because yeah. being an entrepreneur and being a CEO and being the funder of a business, which I've experienced is, is very heavy. Yeah. And uh, you can't really tell too many people about it because you're supposed to be like the pillar right. of strength. And the yeah. reality is that this is not an easy business and all these Venture deals or experiments, right? Oh man, you're going to pull it out. So uh, yeah, let's yeah bring it. so that's yeah, that's 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 true, and that's heavy. You know, you sit, you sit at the top, and it's it's you know, you remember growing up. You know, all the things that you know now, maybe that your dad was uh, harboring, but he didn't tell you because it wasn't right for you to know, and he yeah, and he sure. kept you from that. And that's yeah. for a lot of the ways. The lot in a lot of ways, that's the the position that we sit in as leaders and, and business owners. And so we are doing things that nobody needs to know. We're funding things when, um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that I have been able to, to do that and right. keep this and keep the business going and lean times and just times. I mean, there've been a couple of turns and I think every entrepreneur's had them, you know, there's a couple of turns and there were watch outs and, I mean, you know, I think any small business can say we should have been dead a couple of times and sure. I'm probably one of them as well. And so right. I'm, I'm blessed to have been able to get us through those. And I do think that my, as my, you asked about my faith, I, th- I think I've been given this mission. I don't think I would have had it laid on me as heavy as I, as I did if I weren't um, supposed to do something really significant here. And so that's kind of what I said. I don't really know what it is, but it's out there and I'm going to keep pressing and I'm going to keep and I'm going to keep hammering on it. So, so, so I, and I, I used to do finance and I used to get a paycheck every two weeks and, you know, I might've had a bad day every once in a while, but being a, being an entrepreneur is like a completely like new dose of, absolutely of, of reality. Yeah. So you're, you, you pay everybody in your business gets paid more than you do. Yeah. Right. Or, or you don't get paid at all. Right. Um, Been but there. I guess one, one of the things my, my, my uncle said to me, my uncle Ed, he said to me, um, as an entrepreneur, you got to keep your highs lower and your lows higher and try yeah. and operate in like somewhat of like an emotional band that's not yeah. as volatile as it's I true. used to be. Yeah. Um, and then when you look on uh, Facebook or you get somebody's email or somebody opens up a new location, it's like, all right, I get it. That's your highlight reel. Yeah. What's your real reel? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so from your standpoint, you seem like you got a, a level of uh, leadership, like your style is very transparent but you're definitely steering the ship in the right direction and, and making sure people feel like they're a part of the team yeah. and that this is going to grow because of the people you have and not because of a mission statement or just a vision. You're right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Part, part, part of that comes from my background and yeah. my background and just how I grew up and how my dad raised me. Yeah. And, um, and then part of it comes from just uh, wisdom and understanding over time, just in, the, it, just, just in the fire of building something that's new and young. And like you said, things that 
used to get me uh, pretty fired up, might not get me, uh, might, might not even really hit my radar anymore. And I do see the younger people that are around me sometimes be kind of looking at me like, why does this not, why is he not upset at this? And I'm just right. like, you know, they, it's just just like you said, the highs and lows, they, they need to be muted. And big wins, I trumpet them for the group, but then, you know, go back home and wake up the next morning and get going again right yeah so just just the last point here backing you as, as we go into this phase of, mm-hmm. of bringing in a an institutional capital partner to really right. take this to the next level you know backing you is not the same level of um let's say this in a certain way so take it the take it take it the way you want to take okay. it but typically an entrepreneur is a trainer and creates a program in that program and they become the face of the brand and you're basically partnering with someone who believes that the brand is them. Right. And there's a level of risk associated with backing mm-hmm. personal trainer who starts up a business and then, right. you know, what's their role? What's their ownership? Can they take advice? You know, can they take constructive criticism? Can they pivot? You know, so from your standpoint, I feel like you're a CEO that started a business, but you're, emotionally attached to the success of the business not you you're not emotionally attached to a program or right. a technique or a fitness regimen which is kind of unique in this type of situation I agree. yeah i think most most but by, by what i've seen most businesses are born from somebody that's a trainer or an instructor that's very dynamic and they want to you know they have an entrepreneurial itch and they want to do it me i wanted to build a company I wanted to build a big company. Right. So um, people ask me all the time, are you going to, are you going to be an instructor? I'm like, no, I'm not, you know, right. but, uh, and I never, I never wanted to. And right. I never, I never, you know, I, I would put my best instructors on the TV program and I would put them in uh, like it, to me, it never was about me. I was there to be the leader, but that's not what it I was. Just, I, I just want to highlight that, especially for potential investors that we're talking to and, and, people that are potentially going to work for you in the future is that Mm -hmm. in a situation we've been investors in this, we've been advisors where you typically need to bring someone like you in to Mm -hmm. work with the founder. Yeah. Um, In this case, you have all the benefits of being the founder without the, you're not the, you don't need to be the face of the brand. You don't like, no, someone's not taking the risk that, you know, you're going to wake up one day and say, you know what, we got to take these bikes out and we got to put in um, aerial yoga because that's my new thing. You know, so I just want people to realize that when you look at boutique fitness concepts, it's usually homegrown. Right. And now you're asking that instructor or that diva or that, you know, guru to now run a business. Right. You know, they're two different things. Totally. You can run a class and you can run a business. Right. So can't necessarily do both. No. Good. And I understand that. So th- thank you for that. And, and I do think that I'm in the right place. I think my all, all of my business background and my passion for fitness has led me to, to this. And I think I'm really in the sweet spot. Am I the right person five years from now when, if we have 50 studios or I, I don't know, but I'm the right person right now and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm up for the challenge. Well, I, I think your, your growth plan is to, is to grow when, when it feels right. And when the right. opportunities are there and not to grow for the sake of, uh, of growing. No, we don't. We don't have to force anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you got the unit economics down now. You got the dual modality. You got a strong team. You got a great haircut. <laughs> Looking great. 
Thank you for coming to the city to see me. Thank you, buddy. Uh, and we're looking forward to, uh, you know, partnering up here with you through Integrity Square, uh, getting this growth equity raise done over the next couple of months and then hitting some new territories. And I just hope I get invited to the to the grand openings, you know, maybe a little red carpet. Absolutely. The carpet. You make, we, we'll make that happen. All right. Excellent. All Thanks right. for coming Thank on. Thank you, Pete. Awesome. All right. All right.